everybody, this is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited opinions, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Today, we are so excited to have our first guest on the show. Katie Holloman is a longtime Hopkins friend and an incredibly talented interior designer based out of Provo, Utah. We've somehow lucked into getting her to chat with us about her passion for design, as well as some simple tips for those of us whose homes give off a Weasley, Burrow-esque kind of vibe. So Katie and her family moved to Alaska the summer before we started high school. So we were about 14 years old. And her family and my family were at a barbecue at a park. And I went up to Katie and I asked if she would like to play on the playground with me and my friends. (laughs) (laughs) And I think she kind of skeptically agreed, but we really hit it off because of our mutual love of Zac Efron. And the rest. Oh, yeah, that was the summer of. (laughs) <laughs> Not the summer of Zac Efron for everyone, but I feel like for you guys. Yeah, well, yeah. definitely for us. But probably Every for everyone. There were a few summers of Zac Efron. Yeah. But, yeah. but that was exactly. that was Hairspray and one of the high school musicals. I can't remember which one. So it was definitely a big year for Zac Efron and for us. Yes. That was a blockbuster <laughs> year. <laughs> All right, Katie, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, as you guys know, I grew up in Alaska, sort of, with you guys. <laughs> but I also moved around a bit before that because my family was military. But now I'm in Provo, Utah, and I actually really love it here. It's kind of a college town. so it, Well, it's definitely a college town, so it gets a bad rap. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really fun downtown, and there's a really strong creative community, so there's always fun arts and music stuff going on downtown, which I have now successfully dragged Grace along to. Yeah, we went on an art stroll. It was fun. Turns out Grace lived down the street from me. So as long as there's always at least one Hopkin in Provo, I'm going to be set. (laughs) I think the the trend would be that there will always probably be at least one of us in Provo. Mm -hmm. Seems likely. That bodes well for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a really sweet place to live and I I've really liked it. It's nice to be near the mountains. Um, not that I actually hike in them, but I like canyon drives. So that's a plus. <laughs> Just knowing that you could hike in them. Yeah, you have yeah. the option. I have the option. <laughs> it's available so, to me. Do you work for a design firm or do you um, do you just like freelance or what kind of, what's your work like? So kind of both. Um, I do most of my work through a group in Salt Lake called W Design Collective, but I do some independent work as well. And most of the work that we do at W Design is residential um, residential projects, usually new construction or pretty involved remodels. Awesome. Um, okay, Katie, so how did you get your start? Did you always want to be working in interior design or when did that kind of start for you? I I really had no idea what I wanted to do um, professionally. I, I did my undergrad in psychology, which I'm, I'm still really glad that I did that. It was a super interesting major and, and I really enjoyed the classes, but it was kind of, it was during my last year of on-campus classes that I realized that the counseling track 
didn't really feel like the right fit for me. And yeah. so while, while I was in my last semester, I actually, I started doing an internship with a firm here in Utah. I had seen them in the Parade of Homes, which I'd been going to every summer because it was fun and the houses were air conditioned and that was a fun summer <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> um, but there was a house that I really liked in particular. And so I think just on a whim, I, I emailed the design firm that did it and I I asked them if they needed help and if they could use an intern and they were really cool about it. They told me that they would love help and they were really nice about kind of showing me the ropes and explaining all the basics to me, stuff that I probably should have already known, but didn't. Wow. <laughs> and um, they were just really open and transparent, which I think is actually kind of rare in my industry. People can be kind of closed lipped about how things worked, but mm -hmm. yeah, they were really nice to work with. And that's cool. Yeah, that's so really cool. yeah, that's awesome. I did that for like six months. And then when the internship ended, um, I was still working. I had stopped going to, to classes on campus, but I was doing online classes and I was working for a tech startup, which was really fun. And I liked that a lot. So I, I just started doing tiny little design projects on the side on my own, just kind of consulting projects. And they gave me really good practice. And then the first like real project that I did was with my neighbor, Wendy. She owns Chrysalis Preschool and she brought me on to help with the renovation. It's this really cute historic building downtown in Provo. And it had been a restaurant and like a million other things before that, but we spent a couple months working on renovating it, turning it into the preschool, and it was so much fun. I think that was the first time that I really knew that I wanted this to be my career because I would get all giddy about it. Like when I was going to go check up on the preschool the next day, I like couldn't sleep the night before. I was so excited. <laughs> like, That's awesome. That's a really yeah. good sign. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever had a job that I've <laughs> Yeah, like no. <laughs> <laughs> but you did such a good job with that. I've it's seen so all the pictures. Yeah. It's so yeah. cute. Yeah. I remember when you did that and I was like, whoa, this is real. Katie's really mm -hmm. a designer. Mm -hmm. I thought so the cool. same thing. I was like, whoa, she's like a legitimate, like, I didn't even, I don't think I even knew that you were doing that on the side. Um, so I was like, Holy I don't think cow. I really knew either. She's so good. <laughs> but I was so just like, like first on the scene. No. Well, in that house, um, because I used to run by that house. We lived on like 500 North in Provo. And um, I would walk with Ella when she was a baby in the stroller by there all the time. So I had seen the renovation going on. And then when you posted about it on Instagram, I was like, oh, Katie's working on that? That's so cool. So yeah, that's awesome. I was really lucky that she that she like took a chance on me. Because I now looking back, I'm like, I should have felt like I was in over my head a lot more than I did. Like, it, I mean, there wasn't really that much that was like structural going on. But yeah, I, I feel really lucky that she let me do it with her. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Katie, um, as a designer, what would you say to someone like me, like my stage of life, I just feel like my kids are messy, they ruin everything. Um, a lot of our furniture is like hand-me-downs or literally things I found on the side of the road. Like it's just a hodgepodge. Why should design be, or maybe not should, but what would you say to somebody who's more motivated by just function and aesthetics isn't really like on our radar? Why is design important? So I've been reading this book called um, The Architecture of Happiness. It's by... Alain de Botton, whose name I absolutely just butchered, 
but um, I really liked how he talks about like the purpose of architecture. Um, this is like a very niche book, but um, he says in the book that we look to architecture to support a way of life that appeals to us, which I think is the same for you know mm. furniture or like the smaller pieces of a home. And he talks about, um, he's talking about it mainly in the context of like the modernist movement in the mid-century and how the the architects and engineers and designers were were kind of treating function as king. They were saying like everything has to be the most functional and that's how you'll know if a building or a design is successful or beautiful is if it functions perfectly. But he also talks about how it ends up being kind of inescapable to need our surroundings to mean something to us. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining no, that in a way that makes yeah. sense, but he says that the thing that makes a space beautiful or unappealing is like how well it reflects our values back to us, which means a lot of like assigning human characteristics to inanimate objects, which feels kind of silly, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Like thinking about the judgments that we make of a space or the way that we form our design tastes based on how we feel things visually represent what we care about. So architecturally, he talks about it being like straight lines versus curved ones or the way that certain historical periods are incorporated in a building. But for like a more practical standpoint when it comes to like furniture or art or decorations like I think I think it's more about having your values reflected in the things that you see every day and spend your time with and on every day like mm-hmm. um and with I mean especially with little kids I think a a big part of the work that I do especially with W Design is um family homes and a lot of the people that we work with have little kids at home and this is like a constant back and forth is like mm-hmm. How do we choose something that that we really like and feels like us, but also makes sense for the phase of life that we're in? And part of it is that the two things aren't aren't totally mutually exclusive. There's lots of performance fabrics and really durable things that that look really pretty that you wouldn't think like that was chosen because it was practical, but it but it actually secretly is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and can that apply to? Um, someone with no kids but a dog who's really bad. You know I relate. (laughs) Um, My dog sheds like crazy and I have a white sofa and I I still kind of question myself on that. But I feel like, I mean, that's somewhere where I've kind of chosen aesthetics over function a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's also really easy. Like I have an Ikea sofa that has the zippable covers. And so... You know, she gets her hair all over the place everywhere every day. And I have a little vacuum that I use to to tidy up after her. And then when they get really dirty, I can unzip the whole thing and put it in the wash with bleach. And then it feels like this isn't actually that it's not really less practical than like a gray sofa for me, because I would probably feel the need to wash a gray sofa, too. I just wouldn't see it as much. So, yeah, that feels like an okay trade off for me. But yeah, that's really cool. Um, okay, so I was looking at some of your work online, and it's, it's so, so pretty. pretty. Mm-hmm. So like, pretty. Just, like, I was just scrolling through pretty. the, like, W Design website of projects that you worked on, and I was, like, like in blown awe. Like, away. <laughs> yeah. But also, I was, I was trying to think, like, what if I were tasked to do something like this? Like, how would you come up with it? And I started just, like, panicking, 
which is why I mean so like obviously you can't teach us to be interior designers because that's why it's a job for people is because it's hard and something that not everyone can do but if you were just gonna give two or three really simple principles for someone who doesn't have a lot of knowledge or experience like what are some of the things on your internship that you said was that where you said you learned some things that should have been obvious like what were I guarantee we don't know any I think a lot of it was just like knowing how how business works in general I was pretty clueless but especially about home things like realizing that the manufacturers that actually make the furniture are not always the ones that sell it like there's retailers West Elm and Pottery Barn like they're not usually making the furniture they're buying it from somewhere else so when people work with an interior designer they go directly to the manufacturer and they get it for less money and it's more direct and all those kinds of things I just had no idea how that just how the whole industry works in general yeah um that was a big part of it. And then also just lots of ways that they were thoughtful about things that I had never thought to be like with paint samples. Um, I think this is pretty common, but I'd never, I'd never seen it before where when they picked a paint color, they would make sample boards. They would get a a little sample pot from Home Depot or Sherwin-Williams or wherever they were going to buy the actual paint from and get a little sample and paint it on a foam core or poster board or something and then put it in the house, like on different walls, move it around in different lights, rainy day, sunny day and and see how it looks that just blew my mind I was like yes of course how have I never thought to do this before Mm -hmm. yeah um that's awesome I think also the the world of like custom anything was pretty new to me I didn't really know that was an option and I mean for me in my life it's not but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like for clients or, or for projects I don't know I just it hadn't really occurred to me how much work went into creating the spaces that I saw I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that it really is from the ground up a lot of the time like when there's a wall of cabinetry like probably someone sat at a computer for 10 hours drawing that wall of cabinetry like with rectangles and that was all new to me what's like a a tweak you would recommend people make often in their home um I think natural light is the biggest thing maximizing natural light that is always a hill I will die on I think (laughs) like choosing window treatments that make it easy to have a lot of light in your home or whatever window treatments you have just actually opening them a lot of the time makes a big difference um sometimes I mean privacy is kind of the trade-off there where I've noticed when I leave my blinds closed for like half the day because I'm like well I don't really want to have to like open and close them as I'm like getting yeah. changed or, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of bed or whatever. But when I end up leaving them closed for half the day, I feel really bummed out when mm-hmm. it's not very light in my house. So that's a big right. one for me. Or things like, like I have plantation shutters in my apartment right now. And plantation shutters are really nice and they're like a, like a high quality kind of window treatment, but they block a lot of light and they kind of, they drive me crazy because when they're, when they're just like tilted open, still half the light is always being blocked. So you have to open them all the way up. I don't mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with what plantation yeah. shutters are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like opening them all the way up every day is like kind of annoying, but it makes a big difference in how I feel every day in my living room, especially now that I'm working from home all the time. Mm-hmm. I've noticed um, that too with being home more. I'm like, we have to open the curtains and the blinds like 
it just, it does make a huge difference. But I feel the same way. My kids half the time don't have clothes on. So (laughs) I often, when the blinds are closed, it's because everybody isn't dressed. And I'm like, guys, get dressed so I can have the windows open. I remember my mom always having sheer curtains when I was growing up, probably Mm. for that reason. And I Mm -hmm. was always like, that's weird. What's the point of them being sheer? But now, now I get it. (laughs) We actually, yeah, we have those in my girl's room. I was going to ask you, do you have a favorite window treatment, like, that you love either in your work or, like, if you could pick one for your home, what would be your favorite option? I usually like drapes most. I feel like they're they're the softest, and they kind of make a room feel more interesting, but I also really like Roman shades. I think they're a little more practical, too, and they have pretty fabrics. And... What is a Roman shade? <laughs> Grace, a Roman shade is like what I had in, remember how mom helped me make those in our Lehigh house? Oh, yeah. Oh, the things with like a string pulley kind of, and they like. Yeah, so it's like a, it's a fabric shade. Up. Yeah, so it's covered in fabric, and then it pulls down over the window. There are some that are cordless, or they'll have the continuous loop thing, where you just mm-hmm. okay. pull and pull yeah, and pull, and it goes up or down. <laughs> yeah, I know about design and stuff. I have a least favorite window treatment, and it's those long. Oh, the slats! slats. Oh, those are always horrible. They're in every apartment you ever rent. Yeah, it's true. They're always breaking. Yeah, they make a very particular noise. I don't know why that bothers me so much, but the noise of them really is grating sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like rearranging stuff. Like rearranging things that you already have is good. Like, especially if you're trying to save money or you're trying to figure out what your style is. I've been doing that a ton in this apartment Um, because I moved in. I didn't move in with much, pretty much just my sofa and like a bunch of random little things I'd collected and family pieces. And so probably once a week I go around and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to move this to this room and nothing ever looks the same, but it's fun to kind of figure out where I want things to live. And then there are some things that over time I've left in one place because I'm like, that's where it belongs. That's where I like it. And then I just move around all the other stuff. And I guess the idea is that eventually everything will have a home. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but that's crazy. I feel like I never would have, I never moved thought to like rearrange Mm -hmm. stuff that much. Like maybe like once a year, I'm like, I'm kind of sick of like, where my bed is because it's like right by the AC or something but I guess is, I'm not, I don't have I'm not AC right now. totally <laughs> moving around like furniture as much I mean I did I moved around all my furniture when I started working from home like I put my kitchen table in the living room because there's a bigger window and that works better but it's mostly like art pieces or like blankets I have like a bunch of random blankets and sometimes I you know, I put like a patterned one on my sofa and then the next week I'm like, no, I want everything really plain. And I, I swap them with my bedroom or something. I remember going in your room in high school and every time I went in there, it looked a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a life Yeah. <laughs> I definitely get it from my mom. <laughs> I feel like I don't have the instinct though to know when something has found its home. <laughs> you know, like I feel like that's an artistic I don't have the instinct to know when something's like run its course either I'm just like oh that lantern's on my mantle and it will live there forever <laughs> like I will never change it I will never think about it again 
So she's given us something to try. Mm-hmm. No, I really, I really do like mm-hmm. genuinely want to try that. Me too. I mean, once a week is probably insane and that's kind of an occupational hazard, but every <laughs> once in a while, I think it's fun to kind of switch things around a little bit. And honestly, there have been a bunch of times where I've, I've moved something and then I just put it back. Like the next time I move stuff around, I'm like, no, I liked it better in the first place. It's just kind of fun to experiment with it. Mm-hmm. And I also, I really like, um, I like seeing things used kind of inventively, like, especially right now when I, I haven't bought a lot of furniture for my house. I've only been here like seven months, but um, I'm trying to, to wait to find like the right thing instead of just buying the first thing that I come across. And that means that like, I don't have a coffee table for seven months and that's been fine. But I also have had to get kind of creative about like, okay, so what am I going to do for the kinds of things I normally use a coffee table for? Like I have, I found a little magazine rack at a vintage store where I'm like, I do like to have some coffee table books nearby Mm -hmm. because I like to look through books with pretty pictures that I don't actually have to read and have them (laughs) by my sofa. So I keep them in the magazine rack or I have a little side table that that came from my family that I just like swing around in front of the in front of the sofa when I want to eat at my sofa, which is a lot of the time. That's the best place. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> or like I, I don't have nightstands. I have one like small table that I use on one side of my bed and on the other side I used a chair because that's what I had. And I actually really like it. Like I like it better than a nightstand. And I wouldn't have happened upon that if I just like hurried and bought everything for my apartment really quick. It's kind of fun to let things happen over time. And what's the phrase? Necessity is the mother of invention or whatever. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you I have to make something work, I think it actually turns out cooler and more interesting because it's not just like, yeah, I went to Target and I bought this whole set and it all matches and it all goes together. Like it feels more interesting. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that works for me too. Cause I'm in the same situation where when we moved out here to Ohio, Um, We were moving from, like, a little apartment, and we did the whole thing of, like, purging before you move, and we really didn't have a lot to begin with because we lived in a tiny place, and some things I gave away a little, like, manically (laughs) before we left, and then when we got out here, I was like, I actually really like that chair. I'm sad (laughs) that I gave it away in, like, a huff, but, um, and then we got out here, and I was like, oh, A, I can't really afford to just go out and, like, buy everything all at once. And I agree with what you said with kind of, I'm the same way where I would rather just kind of wait and find something I really like. And rather than just like going out and picking the first thing. Um, so we've got, we've gotten creative. Ours is not as charming as yours <laughs> with like our 72 hour kit is holding our TV and like things like that. But <laughs> I think it's not quite the same. It's still there. <laughs> It's still there like a year and a half later. And that's, not, that's not even like stable enough to. No, it's not. The TV's <laughs> tilting sideways. I'll show you. That's how oh. bad it looks. <laughs> See, this is really just so we can get free consulting, Katie. That's why I like, lured you onto the. Yeah, podcast. do you have like a friends and family like buying you pizza, right? <laughs> if you're a Hopkin, free forever. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, but I, I think that's really, I love, I just love when homes look like they reflect, like you said, the values of the people that live there. And, and no, like I love Target, I love Ikea, all those things, but I love when something's kind of been, you know, curated as kind of a buzzword and 
like when a home feels curated over time. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And that definitely doesn't like preclude you from using those big box stores or probably mm-hmm. at least half of the things in my house are just generic big box stuff like an Ikea chair or an, an Ikea sofa or my chairs are from Overstock. My TV table thing is from Overstock. And then I have a bunch of like random family things mixed into and it, it still feels like me to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally. I'm, so I'm biased, but <laughs> you can like you know there's all sorts of like ikea hacks and stuff there's whole websites dedicated to ikea hacks for for making something really common feel more unique for your mm-hmm. house i, I really that. like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff too because mm-hmm. you're right i mean that's really all i can afford right now and and there's nothing and there's really cute things there so mm-hmm. i'm not like throwing i'm still like it. working up to ikea i was gonna say furniture. i'm not really yeah. yeah. ikea or target i buy like <laughs> third-hand Ikea stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was my sofa, too. <laughs> I think, actually, this sofa is, like, the thing I'm most proud of because it, it was on KSL. It's an Ikea sofa, but it's on KSL. It had, like, an orange plaid cover on it, which was the most hideous thing. And so <laughs> about a new cover from eBay, I think, like a new white cover that came from Ikea, but it was on eBay. And then you know, the wood piece got added and now it feels like it's totally different, but it was like the cheapest possible way to get an Ikea. Mm -hmm. I'm totally on board with that. That funnels into (laughs) our most recent episode about buying and selling things on KSL. So that's perfect. (laughs) Like and subscribe. (laughs) So we're currently renting our place and sometimes I get a little bit frustrated that I can't have full creative control over how it looks because I can't make too many permanent changes to it. So do you have any tips for those of us who might be renting? Yeah, I mean, this is another one where I kind of represent the occupational hazard side of it, where I I go way overboard in rental, painting everything and swapping everything out. But I think it depends partially how long you're going to be somewhere. Like, I'm definitely in the make it your own camp. Like, especially if you're going to be somewhere for a long time, whether you rent or own, it's, it's where your home is. So I think it makes sense to invest some time in, in making it feel, yeah, making it feel like it, it reflects what you want your life to be like. And for me, that's usually paint because my mom taught me to really, really love white paint. (laughs) But (laughs) even if it's not, even if you don't want to touch a single like permanent thing in your house, Um, I think it's kind of fun to like lean into whatever's there already. I mean, personally, the projects that I like the most are the ones that already have something kind of weird about them. Like the new construction ones where it's basically a big white box that you can fill with anything kind of stress me out because there's just so many possibilities that I kind of like working within constraints. I think it makes, again, for like a more interesting space. So Mm -hmm. whatever the unique things are about the house, I, I think it, it can be nice to lean into those a little bit more. So if it's like a weird paint color or um, like really low ceilings in one part of it or just weird angles or something like in this house, I have a corner fireplace, which when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's so cute. And then I moved things in and I was like, where does anything go? None of this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it makes it, it makes it feel kind of different and, you know, more fun to decorate around. So especially I feel like 
rentals tend to have kind of weird paint colors or weird finish choices, like weird countertop materials or flooring mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the luck of mind. the draw there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if it's like, you know, kind of a, a, like a really gray color, then maybe you do like a lot of gray and kind of lean into it, make it monotone or, or maybe you go the other direction and you try to balance it out with a lot of colors so that the gray kind of recedes or there's a lot of different ways to play into it, but I think work with what's already there rather than trying to like turn it completely into something else, which I realize sounds kind of hypocritical mm-hmm. given that I like painted my entire apartment to make it into <laughs> no. something else. But I like that though. I that, like it. That sounds a lot more mm-hmm. doable because I'm like, yeah. I can't change a lot of the bad stuff about my yeah. apartment. Well, and I like, I really like what you said about making the space your own and like making it feel like you even if because I think it's really Mm -hmm. easy when you are in a situation of like renting you know we'd rented different places for a long time and it's just really easy to settle into kind of like oh this is just a rental this is just a rental you know and but it's your home and what I've realized is like we bought this house that we live in now and I even still carry some of the that baggage with me here of being like, well, I just don't know how long we're going to be here. And it's like, okay, at what point are you really going to know that, like, you're going to be somewhere absolutely forever? So why would you waste all that time not enjoying where you live? So I think that's really good advice. I think there's also, like, especially if you find things that are kind of versatile, you can take them with you from rental to rental or house to house. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of makes it feel like home. I think that was one of the main things that kind of made me interested in interior design was seeing my mom do that exact thing. Like we moved so much growing up, but she had this certain collection of things that moved with us from place to place so that everywhere we lived was like, all right, everything's here. We're home now. It's kind I of a formula, that. but it worked really well. And it was things that she'd collected and all the different places that they lived. And I mean, you guys have seen our house in Alaska. Like it definitely has a theme. Like you walk in and you're like, someone here lived in Asia for a long time. <laughs> but it feels like home. Like that. It, immediately upon moving there, it was like, yeah, this is right. Like this, this feels like our other homes, even though it's really different. And it has like this kind of log cabiny kind of feel to it. Like it still feels like <laughs> the house we had in Kansas or in Virginia or in Taiwan. Like, they all kind of have a, a continuous thread. And it's actually not as hard to take some of those things with you as people might think. Like even things like light fixtures or window treatments, those are things that you can always take down and take with you to the next place. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, I would think that you'd have to leave it like, oh, the drapes just don't work in like our new house or something. So I like that actually because I hated the light fixture in our last apartment, but I didn't want to buy a new one because I wasn't planning on, you know, staying there forever. But I also hate the light fixture in this apartment, so I should have maybe just (laughs) purchased one light fixture and just brought it with me here. (laughs) Yeah, I literally wouldn't even have considered that. Like, in a a rental, for one thing, I probably wouldn't even have thought of changing the light fixture because I would just think, like, I'm not allowed to do that, and I don't see why. Because you can put the old one back. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a that's a really good idea. And I love that so you... Smart. I love the idea of having some things that help a new space feel like home. And I also love that you aren't so 
like loyal to like, well, I have to, you know, the design has to come above like any sentimentality whatsoever, but you're like, you can incorporate some of those sentimental things into and still have like a beautiful space. Okay. So you kind of touched on this a little bit before, but um, something that I am trying to do is like nail down what my style is, like my decorating style, because I feel like I'm all over the place and I'm always buying new things because I change yeah. style <laughs> styles like every two months. So what are your tips for someone who's trying to find their own personal style? I think, I mean, like I was rambling about before, I think a big part of it is is trying to figure out what what values you most want to see in your home, which is like a very hippie, cheesy kind of thing to say. But um, I mean, for me, like I spend, like my job is to go on Pinterest and look for inspiration images, which is really fun. And also really stresses me out sometimes because I feel that way, like, oh no, I like everything. Like, what, how do I know what my style is? But especially this year, I feel like I've kind of realized like, oh, that like, like, especially a more modern style, like I appreciate that objectively and I really like it and it's super fun for me to do for clients, but it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel at home. Like where there are certain kinds of styles where when I see that, I'm like, I want to live in that. I don't just like think it's pretty. Like I want to, that's somewhere I want to live. That makes me feel at home. And that comes with kind of trial and error, which that's hard to do, especially when you're trying not to buy a lot of things. I think, especially for me, I feel really guilty when there's waste involved. Like, oh, I bought this and I haven't had it that long. I, I don't want to just get rid of it. So definitely upcycling things. And um, if you guys have a podcast coming out on buying and selling on KSL, that's going to be very relevant. <laughs> um, but I think there are low commitment ways to test out different styles, things like printable art or, or like I was saying earlier, just kind of like regrouping things that you already have. Like mm -hmm. if you have a few things that, that read more modern to you and you kind of put them all in one corner and you're like, I really like that. That feels like my house to me. Then you can kind of, you can like take a picture of that. And then the next time it's time to like bring something new into your house, you can refer back to that and be like, this is what I really liked when I was experimenting mm -hmm. with it. I should do more of this to make it oh, feel like I never would have Smart. thought of that yeah, yeah I, I never would have thought of that <laughs> or thought of That's low commitment ways to try out something new I wouldn't yeah I like that you're not just telling us new stuff but it's stuff that like in our wild <laughs> imaginations couldn't have even I am come up shook. with like, I know I'm like <laughs> she's so good she's so really though her. Katie your style because I'm like Tess I'm I'm like I have no idea what my style is like I feel like growing up have you been to our grandparents house in Anchorage? I think so. My grandpa is an architect. So their style yeah. was like very, very, very clean lines, very modern. And my mom likes pretty minimalist too. Um, and and I'm like, you were like, I, I love that. And I think it's beautiful. And I wouldn't even say, like, I don't think our house growing up was like super modern or anything. Like it still, still felt like warm to me. But I mean, there's the famous story where the lady knocked on the door um, this lady knocked on the door and I answered and she was like, oh, did you guys just move in? And I was like, no, we've lived here for like six years. And she was like, oh, you just don't have a lot of furniture. And I was like, that's just my mom's style. <laughs> it's pretty minimalist. But because I just feel like that was not in style. Like when I was little, that just wasn't mm -hmm. like the 90s look, you know, but 
anyway, what I'm getting around to is I love that really mid-century modern look and I think it's so beautiful, but the house we live in now is a colonial. It was built in the 30s and I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't know. And then like the farmhouse look is really, was really trendy for a while and still is, you know, so I'm just like, I feel like my house is just a hodgepodge of like my <laughs> random, I don't know, like just not knowing what to focus on. But I look at your design and I'm just like, whatever that is, that is my style. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I think that's why I like it so much is it's not like you, you don't look at your design and say like, oh, that's cookie cutter this. You know, it yeah. feels really mm-hmm. very personal. Well, and I've, I've been to Katie's apartment and like it's really pretty in there. And also it doesn't feel like crazily designed mm-hmm. or something like it just feels like you went into someone's house and it's like a wonderful house <laughs> yeah oh I wish this were my house instead. and then suddenly there's a dog barking in your face <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that's a wonderful yeah. wonderful dog I wish this was my dog <laughs> all right so um the most important question is where can listeners find you and are you taking clients um well yes and my website is, it's just hollemaninteriors.com. And then my Instagram handle is also just hollemaninteriors. Cool. We'll link to those um, <laughs> in the show notes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So that... You can also find me in Provo. but <laughs> Find you on the art strolls. What are some of your favorite places like to eat and hang out in Provo? Oh, I miss places to eat and hang out in Provo. <laughs> I know. That's true. That's a sore subject. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's like a strip along Center Street that just has a bunch of really cute restaurants. There's like Station 22, um, I guess Center Street, and then, you know, turns on to University. I really like Good Time. I've gone there a few times mm-hmm. in quarantine because they, they did curbside mm-hmm. pickup yeah. for a while. That one's really good. Um, Gurus. Me too. I love Good Time. Oh, I love Gurus. Cubbies isn't downtown, mm-hmm. but it, it's a favorite. Oh, Cubbies. Cubbies. So good. They discontinued their like apple chicken salad. Oh, really? That they used to have. I think so, because I was there That's in March. At least when I was there in March, they didn't have it on the menu. Maybe they rotate it. But I was like, That's one of my favorite salads. Yeah, Cubbies is... All of the places Cubbies you so mentioned good. are so good. <laughs> so good. Oh, also Cut Bop. I really like oh, Cut Bop. Yeah, so I love Cut Bop. Oh, I love Provo. Yeah, let's get Cut Bop when, when yeah, things are... Limited. I will drag you to an art stroll and Cut Bop. <laughs> Wait. Can I? Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, Tessa's gonna be here. Oh my gosh, she's gonna be so amazing. Jealous. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week. Bye.